legends, myths, ghosts, the paranormal, all these and more, exploring into the night, welcome. Welcome back my ghoul-seeking, witch-loving, ghost-seeing friends to episode 22 of your favorite spookcast, Exploring Into the Night. I'm your host, Galileo. Today, we have a different kind of episode. It's something that we, we haven't done before, but we talked about it. As we have already invited people to to join, join us d- during uh, Zoom calls and Teams calls, we have our first caller today. He is Wilson, and he's going to tell us his story firsthand. Wilson, go ahead. Present yourself. You're not live, but you're going to be on the next podcast. Go ahead. Nice. Um, hello, my name is Wilson, and I am calling from Guadalajara, Mexico. Awesome. And I've got a story for you guys. Um, the story has been pretty much passed on by our family and from older generations. Not older generations, like, you know, like my parents, things like that. Not that, not that far back. Okay. So first, I will give you a little bit of the information, like, so you can have the, kind of an idea of when, what I'm talking about when I'm telling the story. Okay. Um, did, did this happen to a friend of yours or somebody you knew or somebody that family knew or is just... Uh... Somebody the family knew. Oh, okay. Understood. All right. Yeah. Okay, then uh, the floor is all yours. If I have any questions, I might interrupt a bit. But if not, tell you. Go ahead, sir. Thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the the story we're gonna talk about is about a guy named Samuel. Um, he's fifty eight years old. Um, he was a, a very smart and clever person. He only believed in things that were um, based in science and things that can be proved with facts or evidence, right? Yeah. Um, Sam, you. however, he didn't. He didn't have the opportunity to have a formal education and only had to uh, and had only finished his high school degree or diploma. Um, that, however, didn't stop him. And he had um, a good sense of reading science books, among other subjects. Um, pretty interesting books. He loved to read. Yeah, he was uh, one of those guys, a bookworm, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, he worked on uh, this guy, Sam. He worked as a security guard at a company called Amber, like the color Amber LLC. Uh, and he often had to work full nights. He was like a night shift security dude. Okay. That company, it's located in West Virginia. I can't remember the any other city. It's something, Middleburg or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, I think that's the place. His job, um, he was pretty unusual and he was quite calm from time to time. Um, he's, um, he was located in a semi-abandoned plant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was partially, it was semi-abandoned because it was partially destroyed by a large chemical explosion that happened a few years back. All right then. So we have me- the beginning of mystery, an explosion. Yes. Uh, oh, that's, those are accidents, right? Accidents yeah. happen. Yeah, they do happen. Let me tell you something about um, his office and his surroundings, right? In his work area. Okay, go ahead. Um, he, 
where he works, the office, his little office. Um, it's located in building C and the underground floor three. That uh, exact place, I'll give you more information about the whole installation, the whole network buildings they had. Uh, used, that that precise, precise location where he used to work used to be a coal mine and where they used to store large amounts before they was transported by trains and things like that. Um, the little, his office is, it's small, um, but it, it's well illuminated place. Good, he yeah. has like, he, he used to have, a, or he has a microwave and a small fridge. Mm-hmm. He had a small boom box, those radio boom boxes that played tapes, cassettes, and radio antenna. Yeah. AM, FM. He also had a Bluetooth speaker because, as you know, he's underground, so there's not much reception down there. Nope, not even radio. Sometimes. And um, there's, a, there's a small coffee machine also in his, in his office. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to clean. Um, there's a bathroom. He doesn't have to clean it. Um, there's personnel for that, and the rest that cleans the rest of the office as well. Well, okay, that's cool. That's good. His office has two doors. One is, comes from the main building, from the top floors, and the other door leads to the to the lower levels. There, it's further further down in, in the basements. Yeah, let me tell you about the installations they have. Um, okay. Let me see. Okay, so it's five buildings. The Amber facilities were five main buildings. Buildings A, B, C, and D, and A, B, C, D, and F. Um, each building were three stories high and also five floors deep underground. Mm-hmm. The network um, is surrounded by a, a, a forest and trees. It's in a remote area. It's a pretty remote area. But there's a fence that surrounds a fence and a wall that, enti- that surrounds the entire perimeter. For safety, yes, I, I presume. Yes, for safety, yes, yeah, security reasons, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's located, uh, like I said, in a pretty rural place, and there's no civilization for at least 15 kilometers, like seven miles. That's quite a bit. It's in the middle yeah, of it's nowhere. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before before it was Amber, um, before it was actually the facilities of Amber, that place used to be an old asylum. So one of the buildings was part of a, was just remodeled into an old asylum from the um, old asylum. And was just, it changed a couple of things, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Those asylums always do tend to give some sort of... Uh, good history or good stories because uh, people there might be or might have issues uh, mental issues and things like that and I know that a lot of uh, oh so many asylums have so many stories but we could talk about that later yeah. the timeline is it was first the old mine mm-hmm. the I'm sorry the coal mine then the asylum and then the um, amber facilities oh okay so there's like history with those throughout those lands. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, the facilities, because of the accident, look more like an abandoned warehouse. Uh, and some of the walls in the warehouse have been 
partially destroyed. Most of the floors are covered in dirt, debris, and some areas with mud, depending on on the building. Okay. And right now, each building has its own security guard, and some of them even have two. Interesting. So he's alone, pretty much. Yeah, he's pretty much alone. I think he was um, alone. And let me tell you something about his job routine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he works four, four days or four nights a week, 12 hours straight. It, I think it was random, like Monday to Wednesday, things like that. It, it wasn't all in a row. Yeah, but still, still rough 12, 12 straight hours. Yeah, those security guard um, jobs, I think they're like that. Yeah. Some of them go for 24 hours. That's even worse. Yeah. And his routine, his job routine was pretty much every hour he had to patrol the entire, um, they call it the CU3. He was building number C, mm-hmm. uh, building three, underground three. So it was C, underground three. Okay, C. So he has to scan, you know, patrol that entire floor. Every two hours he has to patrol the C4 and C, C um U4 and 5, so all the lower levels. Mm-hmm. I think the other guard took care of the other floors, I think. Oh, okay. So the buildings were divided by areas, and each area had their own security guard. Kind of. I mean, I, they had eight floors total. Eight floors, okay. Yeah, it's so big. it's three, um, three, three high levels and three underground. Five underground, I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, so he, pretty big. yeah, it's uh, those are, they're pretty big. I mean, they're they were about the size of a football field in half in length and like about half wide. Well, so they're quite big. large buildings. Yeah. And um, he also has there's a generator. He has to check up. Um, he also has to check up on the generator. to make sure it has gas and all the connections are working straight. Mm-hmm. But since it's um, and it's, it's a stroke engine. Internal combustion, he, they keep it like at least 30 yards from the office because it's quite heat and pretty noisy. Pretty noisy and all the pollution and everything, I guess. Yeah, that too. So let me tell you about the story. Okay. Everything began on a sat on a Saturday on October the 13th. I don't have the exact year right now. Mm-hmm. At the start of his shift, um, Sam liked to power um, power his radio boombox, the one that plays the AM FM radio. Which, like I said, sometimes he barely gets recessions there sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, I was told that that's just the way he likes to start his surveillance routine. Um, some of the areas where he do, um, does his checks are poorly illuminated, and he often finds himself using a, a, a hand flash, one of those flashlights. Okay, yeah. To avoid bumping into anything, you know, because there's a lot of debris and things like that. In some certain areas mm-hmm. section his section the u3 uh, is well illuminated but it is i was told it was humid it felt often felt humid so okay this is um, um the way that i was told the story was a bit narrated so i'm gonna go ahead and do that part as well okay go ahead all right so let's just hear him talking <clears throat> I've been here for so long that I can barely notice the horrible smell, he said, right? He said to himself. 
it seems that the humidity is coming directly from the walls because the levels above and below him seem to be dry as bone. Those, those, those levels didn't have any issues. Um, you see him again talking. I'm a security guard and I am armed. Um, Sam said out loud while climbing down the stairs to a lower level. He also said, I don't, I don't know why I must announce myself every time I walk into a room. Uh, he said, thinking to himself. He was only following order, his orders, which is something that he didn't agree because um, if he ever caught someone inside the facilities, he would like to catch him by surprise. Yeah, I guess that would be a good way to catch him. Yeah. yeah. And as he kept walking, um, the sound from the radio the radio he left on became um, softer and softer, right? It became fainter and fainter because of the distance. So he says, it seems that everything's okay. Everything's like always, no changes. Um, he said to himself as he reached, um, as he was reaching towards the lower floor, U4, which uh, that one didn't have any humidity problems and felt a lot colder. At least I know it doesn't smell bad here in this floor. He continued to talk to himself while walking in the uneven grounds filled with dirt and debris. This is the exact place where the explosion took place 10 years back, he said, thinking. It must have been a pretty bad chemical explosion, he murmured. Sam always, Sam is always saying things, the exact same things. He always used to say the exact same thing, um, in the exact same places when he did his routine that somehow made him feel safer because it's you know it's a pretty spooky place yeah it is i mean you're several floors down cold cold place uh some places are humid it's a lot of dirty and yeah uh in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. so suddenly he's like huh, what was that i think i just shot i saw a shadow Kind of looked like an animal, he murmured. He quickly uh, turned and pointed his flashlight on where he, he thought he saw it. Nothing. He didn't see anything. Must have been my imagination, he said quietly to himself. While coming back from his office, um, he noticed that the radio was emitting pure static noise. It's nothing unusual. This always happens after three in the morning, he said to himself. He turned off the boombox radio and turned on his Bluetooth speaker instead. And then the alarm went off all of a sudden. What? He's like, what, what the hell? Is it 4 a.m.? No, actually something had triggered the alarm. It's barely 3.30 in the morning and I have to go for another round. <sighs> he sighed he grabbed his flashlight and his firearm and left his cell phone plugged in because it had very low battery. Oh, well, he had, it had a low battery charge. Well, here we go, he said. The alarm that had triggered um, came from the floor, see the same building, underground floor. The motion detector picked up some movement just before the static, uh, just before the staircase to the lower level, which was the C5, CU5. And he's like, is anybody there? I am armed and I have permission to shoot, he said out loud. Nothing. Everything seemed calmed. So he decided to scan the floor. 
Well, there's no sign of life. I don't know if that's a good thing or if that's a bad thing, he said to himself. As he approached the staircase, his footsteps started to make a squeak. You know, he was already going to the other level. To... He was going further down? Yeah, he was going further down. Uh, and the wood, the steps were made from wood. So they were squeaking as with, with every step. Okay. He could also see his smart um, footprints on the ground, on the humid dirt floor, where he had where he had previously walked. As he reached the lo lowest level, the U5, sorry, he started to point his flashlight at the first section, and everything, everything seemed to be in place. There's no noise, no signs of movement. There was, however, a colder chill. There's something new, uh, or some, or yeah. Yeah, he felt like a chill. Mm -hmm. uh, he knew something that he, he felt something that he didn't feel before. He, it was the first thing, feeling that there was a dim light in that floor. That's why he carried a flashlight. And come um, coming from an old bulb, and it blinked every so often. He nevertheless decided to took, uh, take a look around, but found nothing. After doing all the proper the proper routine, 15 minutes later, he got back to his office and he prepared himself a hot cup of coffee. He got distracted uh, for about three minutes while browsing for playlists to uh, put on his speakerphone, on the speaker. So when he goes back to grab his coffee, he's like, oh, it's, it's ice cold. All of a sudden the music went off, Darn, very loud. He turned and plugged his phone to the charger without noticing that something was odd. And all of a sudden, bah! the alarm goes off again. He's like, what? What the hell? Sorry, is it already 4 a.m.? I guess it's time to complete, uh, to do, go for a complete routine, he said to himself. So Sam began walking down the down the use uh, down to the down the stairs to the U floor to the U fourth floor with him with his boots covered in mud when he suddenly hit the ground hard and started rolling at least four or three times before coming to a complete stop. So he, he tumbled down the stairs? Yes, all of a sudden he was walking down and he just smacked the ground. I must have heard him. And probably got him dizzy. <laughs> yeah. He soon realized that he had tripped. Um, he soon realized that he had tripped over what appeared to be an old piece of cloth that being had um, that seemed to be coming out of the wall between the wall and the footsteps. One of the footsteps. That was weird. A cloth, right, between those two things. Very but then again, it was a very old building, right? And he said, "I can honestly say that that was not there before." I swear I've never seen it in my life, he said to himself. As he dusted his clothes, he dusted himself off and checked for any injuries. He checked himself for any injuries. He began to study the piece of clothing, um, clothing uh, and started pulling it apart. From, he started pulling on it, mm -hmm. but, the, uh, but the wall began to crumble. And he said, it looks like it won't budge without destroying the wall. So he pulled harder and the cloth ripped. No? Yeah. And he said, it looks like an old piece of clothing. 
All right. But the old piece of clothing had a like a like a name or or a word sewed onto it. It wasn't complete because it was all old. It was torn. But he tried reading it. He tried to figure it out, and he saw like an S and A, and then it was like a couple some letters missing. Loski IV. Followed by the word that was, this was completely printed, said danger. This was complete, that was printed with ink. Danger. Is it danger for dangerous? Maybe one of the mental patients that was there before? Probably. It was like, hmm, I can't seem to figure out what, what it is. But he, he wondered why danger, he thought to himself. I made him worried. But he dusted himself off. Again, and continue his routine. He didn't let that interfere with um, his work, with his duties. So when he reached the staircase, um, when he was done um, scanning the fifth floor, he was going, when he was going back up, he noticed that the air was a bit um, still cold, but the walls, they seemed humid. That, and that wasn't there before. The walls all of a sudden were... It was, he started feeling cold and it was, it was humid. It was something weird. And that's precisely what he said. He's like, oh, that's weird. I'll get in contact with a guard from maybe building B and ask if they're experiencing the same thing. Because maybe they had, I don't know, the pipes connected underground. So he scanned the entire fourth floor underground, the area, but he didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. And with that being done, he headed back up to his office. When he reached his office, he noticed that his phone was disconnected from the wall outlet. Again? Again. That's the third time he has to plug it. So he said, hello, is, there, is somebody here? Nothing. He didn't get a reply. So, so he plugged his phone back on, back to the wall. And took out his um, radio walkie, his walkie-talkie. And he said, I'll get in contact with someone from Building B, he said. So he's like, hello, this is Sam from Building C. Please respond. He said, he said out loud, firm voice. But nothing, he got no reply. It's like, he's, he, I'll try again. I'll give it another shot. Hello, is anyone there? All he got was static. He was like, mm, I'll give them a few minutes. Maybe they're on one of their routines underground and they don't get much reception. He's like, then all of a sudden his radio went silent. So as he was um, getting distracted, all of a sudden his radio went all staticky. He picked it up fast and said, hello, hello, is anybody there? But nothing. He didn't, he didn't get a single reply. And all of a sudden, the, the office lights started to blink and his phone started to beep. Like when you want to plug it and replug it yeah. from the wall outlet. So there was something wrong with the lights, with power in general. So he said, this shouldn't be happening. I'll have to go check on the generator. Sam left the office and walked towards the generator. More static. 
from the it, it was coming from the radio. But Sam, he was already halfway towards the generator and he couldn't hear a thing. He couldn't hear the static. But the, the radio kept going. It was broken voice like, hey, oh, there. Hey, dude. Ninja. And then more static. When Sam finally arrived to the generator, he noticed that everything was in order. He was like, that's weird. Everything looks good. He quickly checked the connections to make sure everything, uh, make sure that all the connections were good, no loose ends, no loose connections, and he made sure that the generator had sufficient fuel. So he said, "Looks all well. Looks 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 like it's uh, uh, pretty good. It must be a wiring issue, but that's not my department. I'll just have to create a ticket so that somebody can come and check it out." And as Sam was walking back. He decided to take a quick routine just to make sure that everything was in order. So he's walking. It's almost humid here in the third floor, and maybe that has something to do with the lights. Um, he said, maybe it has something to do with the, the humidity and the cables. Maybe that has something to do with it, he said to himself. And then all of a sudden, the radio went off, uh, went off and the lights began, uh, began to blink in his office. This time he did hear the static to the radio. Uh, this time he, he did hear the static from the radio. So he quickly ran to the office as far as he could and picked up the radio. Hello? Hello, is anybody there? But then again, nothing. There seems to be no one on the other side. He started to get nervous because he saw the lights blinking and then the radio go all static and that was starting to freak him out. So he looked at his watch and it was barely 4.23 a.m. So he decided to sit down on his office chair and just, you know, stay on guard. So he yeah. thought, hmm? I guess, I guess he wanted to wait it out. Yeah. I see. But he said to himself, time seems to be flying by. It, it was already 4 a.m. And all of a sudden, boom! So, suddenly, the door, the door slammed shut and the lights started blinking on and off. So everything went all crazy. His radio walkie-talkie and the boom box, they both started to make um, static noises now. So there was lights blinking and the static noises. He stood up like a bolt, like freaked out as hell and ran towards the door. He tried to get out of the office, but he felt that something was holding onto his foot. He couldn't move his foot anymore. It was really dark and he couldn't see what it was. And he was so afraid that he's like, oh my God, what, what's, what's going on? What's, what's going on? What's going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm freaked out. And he was really scared and he could not catch his breath. He was losing. He was getting all winded and panicking. He tried to move his right foot and suddenly he heard a loud noise like, it sounded like a large trailer breaking with its engine and suddenly he was unable to move all he could do was hear the sound again like two, two or three times he started feel, and then all of a sudden he started feeling electricity all over his body he couldn't move something or song was clearly shocking him and he was like oh, oh. he shouted he was shouting in pain and then all of a sudden boom Everything stopped. Everything went away. 
After a long minute of torture, everything was as calm as any other night. No noise, no blinking lights, no static. Everything was calm. He looked down at his watch and it was barely 3.45 in the morning. He's like, what the heck? All freaked out, all confused. And while on the floor, while he was still on the floor, I'm trying to, he couldn't move his leg. He glanced at his right foot and he noticed that the thing that had his foot stuck had been that old piece of cloth he found just a while back. It was somehow grabbing him like some sort of knot and then it was trapped in between the door frame. So he was tripped up by it as, as, as got, same, the cloth was holding him, trying to trying to keep him in, in, in that place. Yeah, it was really weird. And, and as far as I understand, that was the last night he ever worked there at Amber. He never did register his exit and no one ever knew what happened to him or heard anything from him. And it turned out um, afterwards, I mean, he just seems to have vanished into thin air. He seems uh, afterwards um, that his complete name was Samuel Halowski IV. That was the security guard's name. Wait, wait. Wait. So the cloth had his name. It had his name. Like, it was his name was printed there a lot years ago. Yeah. And he all of a sudden just seemed, he just vanished in the thin air. No one ever heard it from him again. Nobody, not, not, not obviously not only the people in the, at work, but his, at family, work, his family, friends, nothing. Nothing? He's just disappeared. Whoa. Whoa, that was one heck of a story. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it was a weird way to, uh, tell the story but that was the way I was it was told to me mm-hmm. um, when I good. was because um, some family members were turned out to be close um, to that guy, guy Sam so they oh. knew him so they know how he would react and things like that wow that was wow uh, there's no I have no words for that it was, it's a good story I mean if it is a true story I feel sorry for Sam I wonder whatever happened to Sam. Yeah, I'm wondering what happened to him. Maybe he just ran off and started a new life somewhere, hopefully. He was 58 years old, I mean. Yeah, but disappearing into thin air, that's... That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Especially finding an older piece, an old piece of cloth with your name on it. Yeah. Yeah, especially that part. That's, that's not cool, man. That's not cool. That was really scary. And... One of the scary parts is also the walls. They started to sweat. Yeah, but why? That, that, that's something that I was thinking. Why only the walls in one of the floors are the ones that are humid? I don't know. They haven't done much investigating. I mean, it's an abandoned place. So no one really cares. Yeah, that's pretty much That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was a great story, sir. Thank you very much. And I hope you, if you have another story, you can always, you can always set up another call and we'll, and we'll tell the story to, to all our listeners. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. For, uh, wanna just, I want to say thank you for inviting me. I'm glad I was able to participate. 
share my story. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Have an excellent afternoon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, my friends, it's getting kind of late once more, and I sense it's time to go out and explore into the night once again. Remember, if you have any stories, legends, myths, or personal experiences, and would like for us to share them in this podcast, please send them to eitnpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter at IntoExploring or just type Exploring Into the Night. If you would like to share your story yourself, as we have done today, we can set up a call where you can tell us your stories in your own words. Talk to you in the next episode. This has been your host, Galileo. Have a good evening.